with the morning meditation instructions, I would like to make the theme the I and my in meditation. Just before that, just a two-minute comment on the the larger view of things. In the hall here, there's two full, you might say, expansive two generations uh, of us, so kind of 50-year range um, uh, taking place. Some uh, of us will be concerned, sometimes it's, it is with regard to parents and sometimes perhaps with ourselves, with regard to the growing increase in public concern around uh, uh, dementia and Alzheimer's disease. And what we have seen in the, in the shift of fears that's going on with regard to health issues, that it's not that many years ago that the primary worry and fear with regard to the future uh, was cancer. There has been a shift in many opinion polls in the West where the, the bigger fear now is around uh, dementia and uh, Alzheimer's there. <clears throat> and some of you, some have uh, seen this with uh, parents and sometimes with uh, friends of a certain uh, age, uh, age group. <clears throat> My concern is that too much is being put on dealing with the effect, i.e. the consequence and the impact on, on the brain. And the view that I take is that there are a variety of causes and conditions which is contributing to the impact on heart, mind and brain cells and the outcome of that there is a loss and a diminishing loss of the strength and the capacity, in this case, uh, of, of the brain. And therefore we as a culture and society um, living under this awful capitalism and the terror of con consumerism really had to be extraordinarily vigilant with regard to others and ourselves and therefore this includes a real, it's been mentioned enough times already on this retreat, looking at diet, particularly around sugar, high levels, fat high levels, salt uh, high levels, the importance of oxygen running through the, the body to uh, the brain cells, the impact of the pollution of water, the pollution of air, um, the, the frequency of the chemicals, the x-rays, all that we absorb in terms of medication and so forth. And put that all together with a loss of concentration power, a loss of interest and connection with life, it is not surprising that the outcome of that is a real diminishing in the strength of the body of the being, in the strength of our resilience as human beings, in the weakening of the mind and uh, therefore of the brain cells. And the outcome of all of that is hardly surprising that put all, all those conditions together, that the outcome is a loss of strength, of dementia, of Alzheimer's. And, it, and, it, and it's growing. We've been sold the myth as well, just one more point, that, oh, we're going to live to where 100, 120, 150. 
In, in the United Kingdom, it's probably not untypical, but in the last six or seven years, the average life expectancy is now going backwards. And it's going backwards owing to cancer, heart, dis heart disease, um, 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 <clears throat> various forms of illnesses and uh, uh, sicknesses and addictions and much, 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 much more. High blood pressure, diabetes and so forth. There is a real health crisis, a mental health crisis, a physical health crisis uh, there. And it's a tragic and it's a sadness to uh, witness sometimes in family members and, and, uh, and others. And it really needs uh, our concern and our care. And, to re and not just to think it's all neurology. Yes, there is an impact on the neurology of our being. Of course there is. But that impact is caused by the variety of causes and conditions. And I just listed uh, a few of them uh, there. And this is what we are living under. This is what we are, our whole society is oppressed by. It's a terrible situation of what we're having to endure and to uh, live, uh, live under. Now, so I'll go back to the theme of the morning instructions, having just got that off my chest. <laughs> All right. In the days, just very, very briefly, and just to uh, repeat a little bit uh, 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 with you. We are practicing to learn the benefits and the skills of concentration, being in the real present, and using the breath as a real support to be able to concentrate on an object in a calm and clear way and stay fairly steady on it for all the benefits that will bring in other things in our life which are genuinely worth concentrating on and we need calmness and relaxation and the power of concentration to do that. We have the breath as a training ground. We have a relationship to the body. We have a relationship to the body, both in the outer, the exercise, the diet, uh, the posture and so forth. But we have a relationship to the body in which we have this remarkable capacity of consciousness to bring consciousness to look at the object called the body. I, I can attend to the body. I can look at the body. That which I can look at cannot be myself. How could it be? So therefore, I, you can look at the body. I can listen to it. I can feel and experience the intimations uh, of it. And with that as my object of interest, uh, there, I can feel the experience of it, and essentially, in the intimacy, it will be vibrations and sensations and um, um, warmth and comfort and pain and heat and cold and much, much else. And just learning to really experience that, and out of that connection with that, I can learn to take the appropriate responses to the needs of the body because I'm close to it and I can listen to it, and I can learn from the body. We then took a further uh, step. We have our stories. There's a wonderful place for uh, stories. The, the Buddha's own uh, life story, uh, which he shared, has become one of the best-known uh, life stories of our species, and many other great life stories. And we have our story uh, as well. And sometimes there's the emergence of a story uh, uh, there for us, uh, happiness and insights and remembrances and 
visions and directions and all of those can help contribute to our story. But we know that sometimes the story that is arising in, in, in the mind is not helpful. We're going around and around something, maybe about ourselves and somebody else or others there. And it's influenced, it's fed by feeling and thought. We wish to look a little deeper. What is the feeling that is feeding in, uh, uh, into that? What is another way of looking at this situation, whatever uh, it might be? So when we are experiencing some friction, some contraction, some tension, and, and therefore some holding uh, there, that holding going on in the human being is the indication we're not seeing very well or very clearly. That is, that is telling us that. And therefore we can find another way of exploring and uh, looking which frees us up. It frees us up from holding, from clinging, from being possessive, from being controlling there and to find another way of relating. And so we're shifting towards connection, towards friendship. And all of this is the sign of some deep expansion. <clears throat> we then, and therefore we look at the feeling-thought uh, dynamic. We also gave, and uh, uh, touched upon with you, the value of expanding out. Therefore, less interest in the object. That which is the object, called the breath, called the body, called feelings and emotions, called uh, the story, is not me, not myself, not who I am. This is arising because the conditions are there to arise. And sometimes, as we know, we can experience a real expansiveness heart and mind and being selves too, in fact, the whole being can really open and expand out. And in that, these periods, maybe for a moment or longer, sometimes much longer, in the expansive, expanding out, the identity of I is very, very small. It is so small that one's gender is not important in that expanding out. All those years of knowledge and study is not important. All that I think about myself and my life is not Im uh, important. So the whole sense of I and my, all that I have owned, gathered, accumulated, is also not so important. And all of that drops. It can fade out. And, and so this whole sense of I, all the conditioning all the personal history, all that I've done, and all that I think I am, sometimes we open ourselves out, we are expansive, and we think, what was all the fuss about? And we need these expansive experiences to help get a perspective on this I with all the baggage, conditioning, formations, memories, knowledge accumulation, experiences, pleasant and horrible, to get that expense helps to get that construct or those constructs into perspective. And if we 
have those regular sense of the expansiveness will get much more into perspective everything else that's what the spiritual life is really pointing to um, again and again and again then we look at this I and my world and the importance with uh, these type of uh, teachings is to to bear in mind it is a liberation through non uh, non clinging it's a liberation through not being identified with and shrinking around and I'll just take some small examples the uh, uh, Buddha even the sense of I am a human being which is you know it's a it's a nice social agreement uh, there it's got about as much truth in it as anything else but he says look at this what is it to be what is it that makes up a human being and then he then addresses it in five primary areas Not, could be others could have been chosen but the I and the my has a relationship with each of these five uh, areas. One of them, um, it's called Rupa, is form. That includes the external world of things. You say, oh, I have a relationship with the recorder, I have a, with the watch, the clock, or this and others, etc. So it's the forms of life, people, places, situations and objects, which includes the body. And sometimes we know that the eye will land quite often in two ways. One is a complete identification with, I am sitting here. As an example, the eye has no capacity to sit, how could it? It's the body which is sitting here, but the eye says, I am sitting here. And the other is the my, my book, my clock, my life, my this, my that. And the world of I and my lands there. Sometimes it lands, but it's completely unproblematic. Just an everyday language. We might say, oh, right now I am sitting here. Mm. Just a shorthand of the I for this form sitting here, there. And sometimes, oh, this is my possession, whatever it or my leg, or my arm, or my back, or whatever it might be. Simple language description. But whoa, if there's clinging and holding, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have something, and, and it's mine. I've had it a long time, it's mine, it belongs to me. And then you drop it, it smashes that Chinese 3,000 year old vase that your great grandmother gave you. <laughs> and then you feel really unhappy, oh, that was mine, it was belonged to our family, I've broken it, I was so stupid, I didn't do enough mindfulness practice, etc., whatever it might be. Or sometimes, around the eye, uh, holding going on with the body, the experiences of the body, the appearance of the, of the body. This is the point. When the eye or the my 
lands on something in a problematic way, at that moment, the I, this is the Buddha's words here, the I in my isn't in other areas. It shows the relativity of the I in my. So in some kinds, it lands strongly on the body, on things, on another, my marriage, my relationship, my job, or what, or whatever. The stronger the I and my in the holding, going with it, the stronger the suffering. The stronger the suffering. The stronger the having, the bigger the fear of the loss. The stronger the possessiveness, the bigger the fear of disappearance. The stronger the control, the bigger the fear of loss of control. So our looking at the relationship to, with the allowance to use I and my, there, but teachings are saying, please, please, sort of saying that, please, please, be (laughs) vigilant, I'm saying it, all right, please, please, be vigilant about the use of I and my, and is it infected? Is it polluted, that's the Buddha's word, is it corrupted with holding, wanting, uh, trying to uh, keep or whatever it might be. Just, just to notice, be clear about it. And the signals will be there. And out of the vast diversity of things, actually in all the things that are going on, it might just be a few things in life where there is clinging and holding and possessiveness around. When you and I think of the sheer diversity, look at it. Even in the forest, look at it. There might be just a a few things that the mind grabs onto. And there's the vulnerability. And it's our sharpness, our mindfulness, our meditations, our sharings together, to be very clear. This which I'm suffering over, frustrated over, having difficulty over, can I take the problem out of this? And to be clear what they are, to name them, and out of clarity in naming and the insight, we will know what a liberated way of life is. Liberated from holding and the clinging. To know ourselves in these five areas, the second one, all of them are equally important. And the second one is the feeling life there. And they're all obviously interdependent. So, is it possible to make that little shift there to be really close to the feelings and their intensification called emotions? There, and to, in those feelings and emotions, could the shift just in the view rather quietly be saying, ah, this feeling is what is being experienced now. This emotion is what is arising to stay to pass there. And if you forget arising to stay for a while and pass, you've got a brilliant example here in Australia. Because nearly every time I come, you seem to have a new Prime Minister. (laughs) And it did occur to me, it it could be a very deep teaching coming out of Canberra to remind the good citizens 
that one arises and just stays for a while and has to go. And so if you forget that, just think of your Prime Minister. Oh, thank you, Guruji Prime Minister. You're arising to stay to go. And if Jen invites me back next year, it might be a new Prime Minister. <laughs> Etc. Et so this world of arising, staying to go, something to be clear about simply because human suffering, creature suffering, sentient suffering, is about what arises sometimes, what stays sometimes, and what goes. You can think of a situation in life in which human problems and difficulties are not have nothing to do with what arises, nothing to do with what stays, nothing to do with what passes. You can think of uh, something, I'm going to reordain because I, you got it all wrong. So, look at that dynamic in those, some of you already tried to think of something. <laughs> look at that dynamic. So, we want to see, is I and my landing on what arises and what stays? And what goes? Can I look at this extraordinary dynamic of arising, staying and, and passing as that? Can I make that a real daily practice there? And sometimes that's with the feeling life uh, uh, significantly there. The third is perception. Perception means to, to recognize. In the Pali, that's the language of the Buddha, this word sanya, rather a lovely word, the indication, the implication uh, there is, when you and I, if I let, like, we take for a moment, I sit here and I open my eyes, in the very first moment that takes place, Actually, there's just a patch of color. There's an impression. It's just a patch of color. And there's a slight feeling with a patch of color. I hardly notice it. And then immediately afterwards, there is, there is a recognition. Ah, a group of people sitting in the hall. As the Buddha commented, this from a bare color, bare feeling and the recognition, he said, is so fast he couldn't think of an analogy to compare to the speed. So we kind of open our eyes, it seems simultaneously, but some, there's a tiny, tiny, tiny gap there. The perception is an important thing which we need to remember as well. In the language of the Buddha, is that this is the way I am perceiving a situation now. Understand? Not like this is how it is. This is the truth of it. This is the real. I'm seeing you so cl clearly. Oh, no, you're not. This is the way I am perceiving now. This is perception. And it gives a little space in the heart and mind, if we remember. There may be another way of seeing, another way of perceiving, another way of recognizing, another way of viewing this situation. So, and it's important here, particularly in many areas, but particularly in relationship. You're engaged in the meditation, stories and situations, whatever, um, could be 
arising. And some and when that's happening, we are relying on the memory of the other in which our perception of her or him or them is actually based on the past. But surprise, surprise, people do change, you know. And sometimes our perception of the other is not a current one, it's a past one. And the past one enters over into the present and we think we're looking at the present person. But we might be looking at their past and we think the past is the present. And the other, in our perception, if we wish the other to change honestly we're mostly looking in the wrong direction it's called avoidance and the other if we say we can't change another this is a fiction too we can change people's lives sometimes in really profound and beautiful and deep ways you and I have listen to people, we have read what somebody else has written or whatever and sometimes it's really touched us deeply. People do change our lives but people also can be brutal and harmful and horrible and they also can change our lives. Human beings, we are very close, we can and we do change each other's lives and to say I can't change your life is mythology we do and that comes with care and respect and sensitivity to see if we can nourish each other's lives so I and my around the world around I and my around the body I and my around feelings I and my around uh, uh, perceptions uh, there I and, I and my around the states of mind and uh, the world of thought. And it's worthwhile in looking at ourselves in this movement of I and my uh, there, with the freedom to use the language, it's not, that's not the problem. It's, and now knowing ourselves, do I find in with oneself that the tendency could be a little bit more on one than the other? Do I find myself, and this could be currently, um, worried and anxious, say, about the body? Therefore, the worry and the anxiety shows an identification and there's a fear. Can I look at it in a fresh way? Do, do I, am, I, am I experiencing a lot of feelings and emotions there about whatever it might be about then? And therefore, there is some agitation and uh, anger or unhappiness or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Is it that when I recognize or see something or someone, it could be about so-called myself, it could be about another, a, a group of, of the other, is the perception that uh, arises problematic, judgmental? Is the perception of myself, so-called, arising there, in which the perception arises and ego, I and my, which is ego, can either 
be building ourselves up as a compensation for something. And it's an extreme, this building up there. And sometimes this horrible ideology, you can be anything you want to be, uh, etc. It's all part of the silly, childish propaganda. And the other extreme... But if we could be anybody we want to be, we probably would be by now because if we've been told it enough, etc. Et All right. I'll try not to go on a rant. I'm very tempted. <laughs> and the other, the other extreme, which is also an ego trip, of constantly putting ourselves down. And when we keep putting ourselves down and we can't deal with it, we'll probably keep finding fault with others to help get away from our own sense of putting ourselves down. <laughs> or we keep imagining to try and build ourselves up, and it's very vulnerable because we build ourselves up. It doesn't take much for a crash. And the Buddha's first talk was completely devoted to this human problem. The building of ourselves up and the putting of ourselves down. The talk was dedicated to this constant human issue. And we're trying to find some middle way in which the world of I and my is neither building up nor putting down to find a new kind of relationship, a fresh relationship. We find regularly enough, but to stay true to. And therefore, with all the states of mind, again, and the variety of them, including the thoughts, can I just be vigilant about the I and my? And the final one, and it affects people here as well, obviously, and elsewhere. The word is vinyana and it means consciousness and when there is consciousness with some deliberate shall we say energy and interest the words start to change. So for some, some of you are mindfulness teachers uh, here, so when consciousness got some energy we are mindful of whatever that might be. And some really wonderful, wonderful work is being done uh, in the uh, mindfulness uh, community of really giving some really precious support to others. And I really applaud it and appreciate it. There's mindfulness which is taking place. Uh, there. Sometimes the consciousness has got energy, it's got some depth. We call it meditation. Sometimes the consciousness has got some... Um, uh, real uh, interest in whatever it might be and we call it awareness We're really aware of this whatever and out of that consciousness of say mindfulness or meditation or awareness or paying of uh, attention that can lead to helpful valuable steps but easily and there is the vulnerability uh, in our circles of the I and my landing in that I am not mindful enough my mindfulness is falling apart my practice is falling apart I can't meditate <laughs> what am I doing here I've been here four days why aren't I enlightened or whatever so the I in my world easily lands in that area uh, as much as the other other four. Spirituality is some, the sense of it. And people often ask, ask uh, at least ask myself, and we need to ask ourselves, 
what is spirituality. And of course, it's one of those mildly nebulous concepts which is rather hard to define uh, 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 there. But what comes to my own heart mind uh, here is when the material world of things is less important, it's not the purpose of existence to have and to own and possess and to accumulate nor identity through roles and positions and, and so forth. When that world is quieter in consciousness, not absent, it's not negated, it has a place, but quieter in the consciousness, there is a receptivity to something else, something bigger. And I call this the spiritual. And you might, might call it, if you like the word, G-O-D. And if you don't like the word... Then find another word, there are plenty of them around, the expanse, the immeasurable, uh, uh, the vast, uh, the wonder of things, the infinite, reality, nirvana, over a hundred words or more. So our meditations here, with our practices, with the postures, is to see this phenomena of the I and my and just by dynamics of what it lands on at times shows the lack of substance. Shows it just it just conditions, just move it around and it dances. And sometimes the world of I and my is extraordinarily quiet. There is just breathing. There is just sitting. There is just meditation. There are just these feelings arising. There are just these thoughts appearing. There is just being mind. There is just mindfulness uh, uh, there. And even in the small, in in, in another way as possible, uh, how the I and the my with the view also changes. So sometimes. This is with regard to now. I am sitting here, the whole person. That's one view the I has, quite common. But it can't be sustained. And so the view may then change again. And, it, and the view may be, I am in my body. There's the body. And I am inside it. It's not like I am the whole event. I am inside the body. Now I am... I am, I am, I am the tenant for a while <laughs> until the nature says long enough, and uh, and sometimes the I is, oh, I am the feelings and the emotions, and another moment they can be stepping back, and then the I lands in the observer. I am the observer, and I, I am aware. And then sometimes the eye drops out of the picture. Just awareness, just observing, just states of mind. This eye is such a phenomena. Sometimes it seems very strong, particularly, I am here, I am, what, I am the teacher, I am blah, 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 blah. And sometimes it's very soft and it's very mild. And sometimes it's untraceable. Where is it? 
can't find it. Such a phenomenon it is. We make such a fuss about something which is empty of any truth. How on earth have we found ourselves living like this? This phenomena, this I, I, me, my, and where, what, what's that about? So, it's to be, not to get negate or get rid of I and my, it's not the teachings. Not to feed I and my, obviously not the teachings. Just to see when it arises in its quiet way, absolutely fine. When it arises in its problematic, not fine. Take a real interest in dissolving the problematic and when it's unproblematic, enjoy life. And out of that dissolution of some or much or all of the problematic, love comes easy. Friendships come easy. The participation in life comes easy. And there's the best equipment, shall we say, the wisdom to deal with this extraordinary field of experience that we are engaged in in this movement from birth, through ageing, through pain, through change and through death. Because we've really brought this extraordinary capacity of consciousness to bear on this life, to really uh, uh, look at it as well and as clearly as possible. And if we see clearly with wisdom, problems generated from within will dissolve. That's the best. And it brings a, around a, a kind of preparation, a readiness to be a small servant of life. That inner and outer exploration together, service for others, the inner work, uh, there is the sure indication of a worthwhile and dedicated way of life for all sentient beings.